0: Welcome to the Forensic Cop Podcast. Manchester City 1, Liverpool 1. I think that was a good score draw for Liverpool. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, given the way we looked in the first half, I was actually kind of disappointed that it was only 1-1. But by the end of the game, it was clear that, I don't know, either we were tiring or they were finding another gear or something. So by the end, I was actually kind of happy um but to me it was kind of a tale of two halves i I thought we were clearly better in the first half and they were um really starting to get better than us in the second half so i mean you know given where we are given the injuries we have I'll, i'll take the draw
0: yeah um i was i was quite encouraged with the performance overall in the first half like you said we were for sure we were the better team and on another day if we were more confident we w- we could have and should have scored the second and the third and then put the game to bed um, but i think it is playing in the player's mind the fact that we are we're not playing at full strength and so we don't they weren't wanting to take needless risks up front and of course we will get to some individual performances but by the second half i agree i was totally telling myself that i I'd, I'd be happy to take a draw and just leave right now um, and that's how the game ended out.
1: So so I will kind of agree with you, but then I'm going to take this opportunity to get into individual performances, which is to say I think Firmino should have had at least a couple before the ball was even wet. Like in the first minute, he had that pass. I think it was from Alexander Arnold, the one that he – I don't know why he just, just – like Ederson came out and he was a sitting duck. He could have done anything with it. And then he had another chance soon after – Uh, like 30 seconds later. And it's just, I mean, I don't know. I felt like he was an anchor in the first half. I felt like he wasn't really producing much. And uh, to me, that made a big difference. If that had been Jota getting those chances, then I think we would have scored at least one of them.
0: Yeah. And the the, the first chance he had in the first minute was almost carbon copy of what Diogo Jota scored against Atalanta a few days ago, right? Yep. Um, where he was able to take the touch that was needed to to get around the keeper. But Roberto Firmino, I I don't he was just waiting for the keeper to slip or what? But he or perhaps maybe because they know each other, maybe because they're Brazilian teammates, and he just didn't want to go in. I, I'm not really sure why he hesitated, but for I believe that the the pass was perfect and he really should have at least make contact with it and try to draw it away from the goalie or draw the penalty in, in, in the process
1: yeah i mean i don't know pop it over the goalie try to run around and make him take you down that's one uh, like jota did put it in the net i mean just you know it's funny cuz i was reading during the week about you know all of the other players standing up for him and talking about how important he is no sorry Standing up for him, but everything they were saying is how important he was to the team, right? The things he's done for this team, he's been so important. I didn't actually read anyone talking about him in the present tense. Yeah, and, I don't. And today, I mean, I think Klopp agreed with us because he took him out. I mean, pretty early for
0: a one-one game, right? And we'll see what happens after the international break with who's fit and who's injured, etc. But I think. This was the opportunity that Klopp needed to now transition to having him come off the bench, and nobody can complain, including Roberto Firmino. Right? He had a chance. He he, he started him at, against Man City, and he he did not perform. So nobody can say anything if he he decides to to keep him on the bench for the next game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I could tell right off the bat he had a bit more hop in his step. He had a bit more. Um, like more urgency than I would mm. say he usually has. I don't know if you saw that too. Um, I did. But I felt like it was just a matter of time before he relaxed, like he, he got into the game and he became the same old Firmino. And, and I don't know, like maybe I missed something, but I honestly, other than the missed chances that others created for him, I can't remember one... A chance he created one really nice pass through ball interception something I can't remember anything.
0: I don't think there was one. That's that's why you can't remember. And I agree. He's. I think it's obvious to everybody. And 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 I think that Klopp in starting him, so Klopp had a problem. He had a decision and a problem. Right. So it's almost impossible to not play somebody who just got a hat-trick against a top-quality opponent in the next game. But it's also difficult to publicly drop Roberto Fimi- Roberto Firmino and then risk maybe some of his teammates seeing it as some type of betrayal, right? So at least now, he solved those two problems, and the next game, nobody can say anything internally or externally. Um, so, yeah, so... I was happy to see the lineup. I thought that that would, it would be, I was hoping we'd be a little bit more fluid than we were, but the team was just a little bit apprehensive. I thought that the front three could have taken a, a, a few more risks and maybe even involved Diogo Jota a little bit more because he, he was a bit isolated. He was.
1: I suspect that the um, weird lineup of essentially four front players. I mean, they weren't playing as four, but there was four of them. I think that threw Man City. I think that the second half they probably talked through the tactics and that's part of the reason they handled them better. But um I mean all in all, I was, you know, I feel like if it had been someone other than Firmino there, we would have been up you know, two nothing, maybe even three um before Man City got their goal.
0: So you mean like if Jota was playing further up front and then Roberto Firmino was a bit behind? Yeah, because because I had assumed that's that's how they were going to play, but it turned out not quite being that way.
1: Yeah, it was weird. They almost had Jota kind of backing up Salah on the wing, which was I mean, yeah. not that I think he's bad. Like I think he brings a lot wherever position
0: you put him in, but just <sighs> right now we need a striker. We need somebody who can finish. And mm-hmm. he's our most lethal f- finisher right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's... But but it's not just that. They talk about all of the stuff that Firmino does. Well, I can very easily see all of the stuff that Jota does. He brings energy. He brings, um, you know, quickness. He's able to get by one man. You know, and we've seen that over and over. He is able to get around one guy he's able to make that run behind people he's able to make guys miss like you know it's it's he's bringing something and I just don't see what Firmino's bringing and and today I think it it really showed through that Firmino was I mean for the most part uninvolved and when he was involved he just he doesn't have the touch yeah I mean I I don't know that there's more to say
0: no not not on him I uh I think this was just a continuation of the unfortunate decline that we're seeing right now. And let's just hope that with the international break and maybe a couple of games coming off the bench, he's, he's able to just take pressure off himself and just play his normal game, but not as casually as he has been for the past year.
1: You know, I, I think the casual worked for him for many years. You know, he was casual, he was easygoing, he had a good flow. And I think that that um, just became his habit, became how he played. I think he's forgotten how he probably played five years ago or but six years ago. He's starting to remember how he played the last three, four years. And that's just become who he is now. And and it's that lack of urgency, the lack of, you know, he's he's so worried about making the flip, the flicks. He doesn't even have the just the basics down. Yeah, he's he's heavy. When the ball gets to him, he doesn't have that first touch anymore. It's it's just bizarre. But I mean, going from from a not so good performance to another guy we've been talking about. Uh, what do you think of uh, Joe Gomez today?
0: Um, <sighs> you know he, he's an interesting one because I was watching him, but I was watching it was. I was I was paying more attention to him and Matip as a collective, and they, as a as a partnership, they they had me nervous. Individually, they played well. Now he did he did exhibit some of the deficiencies we've talked about. So there was one ball where I think it was the the, the tenth minute. There was no pressure on him whatsoever. Just a simple ball that came to him, and he couldn't even head it. It almost it, it hit his chin and ricocheted off his his tummy and and went to his feet. Thankfully. There were no Man City players around because it was just a straightforward ball that came to him, and he couldn't even head it. Right, so it, I think yeah, it looked. I,
1: I remember that one. It looked like it might come off his hand,
0: even. Yeah, exactly. Right, so so uh, I I I think you onto something where you said <clears> that um, I forget how you phrase it, but he he really he doesn't have the basics of defending, and at twenty three, I mean, he really he really needs to focus on that because even a simple header like that, however. Uh, th- Other situations, he's able to be a little bit more aggressive and jump in and head the ball out. So, I don't know what to make of him, honestly. But I'll I'll, I'll keep the faith. I
1: wonder. Do you think it's one of those where if he has the time, he overthinks it? Because there are times that he goes for balls, like like quick, you know, quick balls that are popped up, whatever. And I'm like, oh god, oh god, and then boom, he comes out of it like a boss. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's overthinking. I don't know. Like i I'm, I'm. I think it's one of those things where maybe he just doesn't have that instinct of where the ball is going to be. But at the same time, there are times that he's just really good, and you're just like, I'm. I think it says everything. I'm surprised when those happen, which yeah, isn't a good and, thing for a central defender.
0: Right, and and yeah, I I totally think it's a mental thing. Right. So to your point, when he he's able to turn his, his mind off, then the natural instinct and, and um, skills that he has come to play. But then when he's, he's given opportunity to to think there's, he's, I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, I don't know the guy, so I mean, I could be totally off, but I'm assuming that there's some mental strength that's probably lacking and hopefully that can be learned. And maybe this, to your point, a few podcasts ago, not having Van Dyke next to him, this will be make a break. So by the end of this season, we will know for sure whether this is our guy or if he needs to move on.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's no question that mentally he has a problem because that's why he needs X number of games every season to get into form. And I mean, you got to believe it's not because he shows up with like 20 extra pounds on him, right? There's something mentally holding him back. And, and, I guess part of me thinks that maybe it's that mental thing that's that's the problem for his headers, but then another part of me is thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe um, it's it's not the mental. It's just he has just doesn't have the instinct for the ball in the air. Because as you said, when he went for that ball, <clears throat> I rewatched it. It it hit the ground and then came into his gut. Like was, what's he yeah. doing? Getting bring his head down.
0: Yeah, his his timing is, is just completely. It's almost as if instinctively he doesn't want to head the ball. But then he remembers. Oh, I guess I should be heading this ball. But by then, it's too late. It, it, you know, there's just something that's off somewhere, and whatever it is, they need to get to the bottom of that because otherwise, he he can he can not be a central defender in in the EPL.
1: I mean, he's. You know what? Let's let's be honest. He's. We're we're talking about a very high, um, you know, high bar that we're asking for him. Because if you place them against other central defenders from many other teams, I think they'd be happy to have a guy like him does he have an issue with heading sure but i'll be honest the rest of his game today was very solid um but let's get to that game what did you think of the uh the handball uh penalty shot that we got
0: the one that we got
1: the one that we got yeah the one that uh Mane got taken down
0: oh yeah it wasn't a handball it was a foul sorry yeah sorry okay. the
1: handball was later my apologies yes. yes the the walker who this is his second uh uh, penalty given this year and right. apparently he has he had two all over the last 4 years or something like that. Yeah. So it's a it's yeah, a yeah, bit yeah. of a weird one for him. He usually doesn't concede, but did you think that was a penalty?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Not even worth discussing Salah's penalty shot. What would you think of it?
0: Yeah, so it was a typical run-up. Um what I found interesting this time was the angle that 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 they showed with the camera. From that angle, his penalty looked a lot more it looked a lot more calculated than I normally assume it is, right? So usually I see him do that little run up that he does, and then it looks like he just blasts it right down the middle or to this halfway to the keeper side, almost as if he doesn't really aim for anywhere and just he he blasts as hard as he can, which is a risk because if the goalie doesn't move nine times out of ten he saves the ball. But from the angle that I saw this time, it looked as if he he's use, trying to put the keeper off with his footwork, and then he makes a quick decision as to. If the goalie's gonna dive, if he is, he just kicks it down the middle. It'll be curious to see what happens if he doesn't anticipate the goalie diving. in w- In which case, does he is is he skillful enough to keep the same pace and just quickly aim for the corner? In which case, why doesn't he just do that every single time, right? Um, I guess all I'm trying to say is that I was a lot more confident with the the, the penalty from this particular view of the camera.
1: So w- what I would say is I. I'll I'll guarantee this. Ederson watched the video of his last penalty shot cuz Ederson didn't jump before. Right. Ederson stayed center. But if you look, he it's not like Salah put it in the corner. No. Um he he put it with a lot of power. If Ederson had guessed right and moved, I actually think there's a decent chance he stops it.
0: Uh I mean, I think it was it was hit so hard and it, it was hit in a in a in a position where Ederson would have to the only way he save it is if it hits his shoulder, right? Because it's too it's too close to it's it's in between his shoulder and his outstretched arm. If he had outstretched his arm, so it's almost and and it's at a height where it's almost impossible to. Uh, uh, it's almost impossible for the goalie to position himself in time to save it unless it just hits his shoulder. Which You're is right. Why I mean,
1: it was hard enough that the hand wouldn't stop it. Yeah, to be which
0: yeah, which is why I'm wondering if if that's actually his technique or if I'm just overthinking it. No, I, right.
1: I'm rewatching it now. You're right. I think it was far enough over and and enough power. It wasn't yeah. like the the Milner shot, which is like just absolutely sweet. You could take a running jump and you still won't get it. This Anybody, one was good yeah. enough. Right. Um, so the the we'll talk about the the goal in a minute. But what do you think of the penalty that uh, Man City got off of the handball by Gomez?
0: Yeah. So first point there going back to Gomez again whether or not it's a handball or penalty we'll, we'll come to that but once again Gomez any other defender would not have given that away or any other top quality defender would have not have given that away either they put their hands uh, behind their back or they would know not to move their hands in a certain way so again it, it comes back to I don't he, he he just seems to be lacking lacking the basics He he almost looks like a central or a central midfielder being asked to play a role as a central defender, right? He's quick, he's skillful on the ball, but he doesn't really understand the art of defending. It seems.
1: So, like in a way, I hear you. In another way, I think it's hard because, uh, you know, having your hands out at a ninety degree angle when you when you run is actual running position, Mm -hmm. and. So here's the thing. Personally, I don't think that's a penalty shot because, you know, it's it's clear he tried to pull his arm back, but the ball was coming pretty fast. Um I just I, I don't know. I I think I think it's a penalty shot by the rules today.
0: Absolutely no question. Once they the ones they changed this season, yes.
1: Um, I just think it's a stupid rule. I agree. Because the yeah. other thing is, he's literally on the on the very very corner of the box. you can't tell me like the penalty shot is supposed to make up for a dangerous play in the box, right? Yeah. like a scoring chance in the box. So I, I like I guess I'm I'm trying to think this through because I know I don't know if you saw in uh, the Laster game. Laster scored off something exactly like that and it's just harsh. like guys have their hands out at their sides. You know, and and one of the commentators of that game was basically saying, like, if the guy doesn't have his hands out at his side, then he's not able to run hard enough, and then he's just going to get beat. So you're putting defenders in a position where, you know, nobody runs with their arms at their sides perfectly. They they have them kind of out a little bit. You have to swing your arms to run. That's just running motion. I feel like, I don't know, this, this needs to become a new tactic for all teams. Aim for close to the guy and hope you hit his arm because... This rule is is going to give a lot more penalty shots than I think are deserved. My one thought on it is maybe give a, a free kick from that spot.
0: Yeah, I I, I think I've, I've mentioned this in the past that I'm not a fan of penalties in general, unless it's say in the in in the um, um the six yard box. Yeah, yeah, six yard box, exactly. Right, everything else just make it indirect because. I agree. The purpose of penalties is to give the advantage back to the attacker if you're fouled on a goal scoring opportunity. If you're like nowhere near the ball or or the goal and there's 20 defenders in there, 20 attackers, there's no advantage. And we're just giving penalties away for random fouls that are happening way away from the threat. So, yeah, anyway, it's not going to change, but.
1: I mean, Mane was taken down. Had he not been taken down, that would have been a legitimate goal-scoring chance. This one, the Bruiner crossed the ball. If every cross was dangerous, we'd see a whole lot more goals. So I just like, I feel like at this point, it's like you're going to start incentivizing teams to play for this. Forget trying to cross the ball to score. Try to cross the ball into a hand. That's I I think that that's what the new rule is going to turn into Uh, justice that uh, it all worked out, you know, divine justice that uh, De Bruyne missed. Uh, What did you think of the miss?
0: Yeah, I you already know what I
1: think. I don't even have to tell you. What do you think? Oh, you know exactly why he missed. I wrote a whole article on it.
0: Oh, Allison. Absolutely. Hmm.
1: Allison was, you You could just see Allison was in his head. He knew he had to make that a perfect penalty shot.
0: Because to be fair, Allison, he doesn't really make, he doesn't really save that many penalties.
1: He actually doesn't. You're right. His yeah. penalty hey, shot at record reliable. is not great. Uh-huh. But he's just so good that I think he just intimidates guys and makes them, you know, De Bruyne knows he doesn't have to hit that corner. But he still went for it because, yeah. you know, he sees who's standing in the net. Allison's a big guy. Mm-hmm. moves fast, if he guesses right, yeah, you got to be pretty accurate.
0: Yeah, I, I think it was a combination of that for sure. And then the, the conditions didn't help. And then also De Bruyne being a perfectionist, so he wanted to get the bottom corner. If, if it was just like Mo Salah would have scored that, right? Because he's just closing his eyes and hitting it as hard as he can. Pretty <laughs> much. So, um, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the day for me, it's also make the goalie stop you like even right. if he stops you just make him stop you don't don't give away a free one by not even getting it on net yeah um so that was that one what did you think of the jesus school by uh,
0: yeah so the first thing that i i noticed is why did everybody leave De Bruyne open
1: yeah i was How watching it? it and i'm like like i'm i'm literally looking at it and thinking oh that's a bad way that's like a yeah. bad move and then right. boom they score
0: exactly right genie ran to the ball matip and Gomez, I'm not sure who was supposed to be picking, when um, De Bruyne up, and then as soon as De Bruyne had the ball, and he was open. He 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 just, you can see his mind just accelerated. He was like, oh, I'm free, sweet, you know, let me hit the ball into Jesus. Um, a little bit of a fluky first touch. The one thing that I do like is Joel Matip came in and slid to try to prevent the, to try to block the shot, and I just wish that we saw that a little a little bit more from our defenders, the last minute slide.
1: So actually, I'm rewatching it now. Uh, I know which one you're talking about, the slide. This one was not the slide. He actually came in, but he didn't slide for it. Um oh, okay. I don't think the slide would have gotten him there. But I mean, I'll say that was a very fluky touch. I think he completely mishandled it. And it just so happened that he mishandled it in the perfect way. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of those that that kind of happens. And, you know, what are you going to do about it? Um, what did you think? So, I mean, the rest of the game, uh, after the first half... Uh, very exciting. I, I was riveted. I don't know. Even if you were a neutral fan, it was entertaining. The second half really seemed to run out of steam.
0: Yeah, the second half seemed to be the type of game you normally get when two top quality teams um, play. It was just very uh, pensive, and e- either side was was afraid to make to, to 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 make too many risks. In 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 the first half, I think because we were a little bit more aggressive, it kind of opened up the game a bit. And then, of course, once the goals were scored, then that just opens it up more. But then the second half, yeah. Neither side wanted to be the first to concede.
1: And I think at the half, both coaches saw the tactics the other team was using, countered them, and then you're kind of, you know, now it's it's not as easy. You know, at least, I think both sides tried new things, kind of had a little bit of the element of surprise. And then... Once the element of surprise was gone, they were both kind of, you know, out of luck. But again, I, as we said off the top, a one-one game—not that—not uh, that bad. Uh, what is bad is Alexander Arnold. What do you think?
0: Do you know? Do we have more information on what type of injury it was? Oh, it so is. it
1: looked like it was some sort of—I don't know—a hamstring, something in the leg. Clearly, it was a non-contact injury when he was running. You could see that. Um, they're saying already he's out of international duty
0: which is good news. So in that sure.
1: sense it's good news, but it's more a case of if he's out of international duty even longer. Although what's interesting is that uh Guardiola actually came out and and got angry about it. So I don't know if you heard him. Um he was basically saying like what do you expect? Like he he basically said in virtually these words, I hope England is happy for having knocked their own player out by scheduling so many games and not giving us the breaks we say we need.
0: Yeah. Um, Klopp, Guardiola, um, Solskjaer—they're—they're they're all speaking out, and you, you know, well, good for them for um, having one voice because it is—it is. I mean, as a fan, I'm enjoying it, but it, it is beyond ridiculous. Um, trying to schedule all these games at these weird times, midweek and then weekend, and then on top of that, these stupid international games as well, which are so pointless. And
1: well, the other thing that they're upset about is that they only have three subs,
0: that too, exactly. Just, Which just the is, whole thing, it's just like last year where Liverpool played two games in, in 24 hours. I mean, it's as if nobody's thinking, right? These are easy yeah, problems to solve, they're easy problems to solve.
1: Well, the two sub things, so apparently, Pep and um, and Klopp and you know perhaps one or two of the other big team coaches was advocating for it but i guess the teams voted in the EPL and they decided not to and i'll being a non-conspiracy theorist at all i'll come up with a little conspiracy which is the rest of the teams are looking at it and saying this rule is going to damage the big teams more than us so pff, let's stay with the three subs because we have an advantage there
0: that's exactly the reason
1: and it's and it's not good because really it should be all about you know good quality football and, and keeping players safe and making them play this type of schedule. Again, I agree with you. It was It's a lot of fun. We have games coming fast and furious. You, know, you don't have to wait nine days between games. It is fun in that way, but it can't be good for a player. And I think we just saw that with Alexander-Arnold.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, with me, because I'm not really a fan of the five subs, um, but I understand the reason for it. And I think it, it does make the Champions League games a little bit more interesting because it just adds a new dimension. Which, if I saw that every week, I'd probably just get tired of seeing it. Right. Um, but what they can do is they can schedule games a little bit more wisely. W- w- what is the urgency to try to fit in all these games so quickly? Just spread the season out, do something, you know, cancel the midseason break. I don't know. But, well,
1: I mean, they're obviously, they've decided they're not going to get rid of games because that's revenue and they're refusing to do that. What you can do is you can give teams more subs so that in the 75th minute, when you're up three goals, you can take out Alexander Arnold and Robbo, who've played every single minute of every single game and put in their backups because you're you're comfortable doing that. But now we don't have the subs to do that. That's kind of what they're going for. So even giving guys like a 15 minute break, every other game is gonna make a difference in the long run. So that's kind of what they're looking at. Who knows if they'll listen. I mean, right now we're I don't know. I mean, we've got Van Dyke's obviously out for the season. Tiago, I have no idea when he comes back. Alexander Arnold, the non contact injuries always scare me. Um Fabinho, I just at some point I, we're not gonna have much of a team left.
0: Yeah, I know. I I have a feeling that that the Tiago thing is perhaps Klopp and team trying to be clever and not proclaim that he's fit before an international break. And then he has to go off to Brazil or to Spain. So perhaps they just want to say, yeah, he's still not quite hundred percent. And then by the end of the international break, he'll be back. Cause he's so, already trained, he's training individually at least.
1: Right. So let's, so back to the game. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Shaq came on. What'd you think of that switch for Firmino?
0: Yeah, I thought it was a good sub. Um,
1: he didn't do as much as he's done before, but I feel like that was we were more on the back foot when he was on.
0: Yeah, and at least I saw him hustling. He he ran back a couple times. Well, not a couple times, but he was he was involved in the play, which was good. Very disappointed with with the last kick of the game, uh, and I don't know what oh. they were trying to attempt. At the very least, just take a shot because you have scored. For, he has scored from there in the past. So,
1: and you're dealing with Ederson. You're not you're not shooting against Allison.
0: Right, exactly, so I'm not sure what the strategy was there, but anyway um, i mean I'll, I'll, i am happy with the sub i always always enjoyed when Klopp trusts Shaq, so at least he's in his plans, which is so good you
1: amazing. can see that shaq is not a uh is not necessarily defensive minded player and he definitely doesn't have the uh the requisite skill set as it were for that, but at the same time, it's very clear that he's um, working like when he comes on, you can see him work. And I, I appreciate that. I don't think that was the case back in his time. I think he was at Stoke, right? Yes. So, you know, he, his role wasn't, um, kind of as a midfielder and also that team, you know, the expectations that Klopp has, that's not the expectations that team had. So, uh, in that sense, you know, he, he has had to get used to it and, Hopefully now he's fit for a while, and I think I see him much more used to it because you see him moving, you see him running, you see him able to keep going for a long period of time. Um, what did you think of uh,
0: Genie? Again, just like Firmino, just like Gomez, Genie's Genie, right? So that one moment where he lost the ball oh. playing in the back—I mean, he—he's another but that's player. That's not who, Genie.
1: You're saying Genie's Genie. He didn't used to do that. That's a new thing.
0: It's new and it's not. So he's another player who, when he's instinctive, he's 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 good. He's able to get himself out of situations. But then he just has this. It's almost like Dejan Lovren in a weird comparison way, where he's he's it's almost like he's 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 always looking for a fight. He's always looking for a battle. He's he's always looking for a reason to have an opportunity to shrug somebody off the ball and then, you know, do his little weaseling out of space rather than just keep the ball moving. So you get the ball, get rid of it or make a move, right? But he hesitates and then he slows down and he looks around and then he's under pressure and then he gets himself out of it and then it it looks like he's playing well when really he got himself into that position in the first place. And that's what happened for that ball at the back where he just waited. I don't know what kind of move he was attempting and then all of a sudden he was surrounded by two players and he lost the ball. So, but again, I'm not complaining. He's been a great servant for Liverpool. I'm happy that he's still here this season, but yeah, he, I I think we've, we've outgrown the need for him to be starting for us.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I think that's been clear. Um, Again, I, I understand this concept of, you know, he's an engine of the midfield. I do. I do get that concept. Um, but I just, I mean, to your point, I think we've we've outgrown him. His game is, his game has always been solid but unspectacular. And I feel like now it's not even that solid. He's, he's making more of those little mistakes. He's giving the ball away more. And the one thing that gets me is anytime the ball comes to him and we have any sort of break, he kills that breakout immediately. Exactly. Right. And that's not what this team needs.
0: Right it's as if he's he's looking or he's expect he's waiting for an opponent to attack him so that he can now it's almost as if he he needs to respond to 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 a defender right he, he you know he needs to defend uh, sorry he needs to respond to an opponent try to harry him out of the ball that's that's the impression i get and then he's at his best but if nobody's around him then he just hesitates and waits for that to happen
1: yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I wish I could understand that, but it's it's like you say, it's just it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense the way he's playing. It's not really helping us, and it must be very frustrating for the players on the field because, you know, they're trying to move the ball, they're trying to get up front, and you know, he's he's not helping in that. So, um, you know, I mean again, is he one of those like Firmino who maybe his time with the team is kind of passed? Perhaps.
0: Yes, I yeah exactly. Perhaps, um, especially with the lineup that we had today, for sure. We all know who's missing Tiago and Fabinho, right? So any one of those with Henderson would have just been a, a much more complete eleven.
1: I mean, yeah. Let's let's simplify. You take you take uh, Firmino out and you put Jot in the middle, and then you take out Genie and you put Tiago. Uh, And in Jota's spot, you put Fabinho. That's a team I want to play every week. But, you know, that's not where we're at. Um, So, anyway, I mean, again, uh, good game as long as uh, Alexander-Arnold is out for too long. Uh, I'm happy it ended 1-1. I did feel like the tide was kind of turning. They were taking more control. Uh, I think uh, Matip looked good. Uh, Not great, but I mean, better than... I don't know, was he better than Reese? Or Nate Phillips,
0: Joel Matip. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is better. Whether he played better in this game than they played against West? Was it West Ham and a whole bunch of no name like midgeted land or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, of course he's he's a, he's a much better player. I I would not have been comfortable seeing either of those two play against Man City. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I
1: would agree. I I think he looked unspectacular. But to your point, I think uh, the competition was higher. And, and yeah. that made a difference. Uh, the one thing, last thing I'll, I'll say on the game is something that I know we've talked about and I've been up in arms with a lot was the fouls. So, uh, Liverpool had 11 fouls, which is like double what we usually do. But uh, uh, Man City fouled 19 times. Hmm. So it comes back to like the dark arts that that we've talked about with Pep. Their fouls, like, do you remember the one more towards the end where uh, where uh, the ball was pushed up to to Salah? The one where Laporte got the yellow. That was just, I mean, oh, it's yeah. just a bear hug and yeah. you pull the guy down.
0: Yeah, there needs to be like an orange card. Or something.
1: Yeah, right. I feel like a red, like that's a red is too harsh. Yeah, but. It's a one hundred percent intentional foul, right? Like that's not the same as a guy sliding in a little bit late and ca- and clipping someone. You're literally grabbing a guy and wrestling him to the ground. It-, it should be an orange. It should be a something. I don't know what it is. So
0: it, it's like it's like the fouls in basketball, right? Where you're you're trying to stop the clock. You just grab a guy's shirt, right? Except yeah, in, in basketball it's, it's accepted, right? But in football you just don't do that. But that was a blatant. I I wouldn't even say that was a professional foul because it, it it was just blatant. It, it was it didn't even look believable, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, like if if you had made if you'd pushed on him if you'd something, but but to me it's the two arms around the body, pull him down. Like you're talking you're talking American football play. That's it's yeah. that simple. That's 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 a good move if you're playing American football. And I feel like maybe you know football shouldn't be like that or. or European football, whatever it, Americans call it, um, soccer shouldn't be like that. And and so I I agree with you. It's that one of those orange cards. But you know I am not going to argue the red because you're not going to give a red for that. But
0: no, no, you just, just a
1: may, maybe maybe it's like a yellow with a one game suspension or something
0: <laughs>
1: instead of a red which gets you a three game suspension. That one gets you a one game suspension. I don't know. I don't know what to say to it. But I feel like they need to get those out of the game. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So moving on, your man of the match. Who did you think?
0: Hmm. Do you have somebody in mind already?
1: So I was thinking either uh, Mane because uh, you know he generated the the penalty shot, and I, I thought he was fairly dangerous. He was very active. I think they were very physical with him, and he handled that well. I was actually expecting him to to get a card or more. Um, and uh, the other one I would say is Allison. I actually felt like Allison played well from the back. He came out for that header, halfway up the field almost, right. um, and and I feel like he was directing things well at the back. And and so just just from calming things down, um, you know, if we had played this game with Adrian and Net, we would have lost a hundred percent chance.
0: Yeah, I
1: agree. so how can I not call Allison the man of the match? If I know replacing him with someone else, we would have lost. If you replaced anyone else on the field, I don't know that we would have lost the match. But if you replaced him, for sure we would have lost. So that's why I think I'll go with Allison for the man of the match.
0: Yeah, I'd probably echo that as well. Um, Allison, again, Henderson was steady, and he's he's just uh, the glue right now. So he doesn't play a spectacular game, but he doesn't make mistakes, and he's always available to help and to, to talk. So just like um, the game last week, i I say Allison or Henderson.
1: Yeah, I can buy that. But uh, overall, I mean, good uh, a good match for us. Uh, we're going into a break, right?
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, w- we're no longer top of the league, but um, I'm – I'm quite encouraged by that performance because it, it reminds me that this team is not going anywhere and they are able to 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 uh, to step it up against the better teams and hopefully they'll they'll remain consistent against the other teams because it, as long as they they play like this they 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 should be able to beat every team in the league. Um, I don't see them slipping up to any of the any of the other teams if they if the, it. it if, if, if they play with this consistency, just like they did last year.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think if they look like this week in, week out, even with the players that we're missing, um, you know, I think it's a weird season. I think you hit it on the head, which is this might be the season that someone surprises you. Um, but, you know, in a bit of a scuffed up season where nobody's going to be winning, you know, a ton of games, nobody's going to be putting up, you know, 100 points. I think that we've got a good chance if we keep playing like this I think uh, we've got at least as good a chance as last year to take home the title
0: For more stories, analysis and articles go to the ForensicCup.com website